Asia is a nation of 33 million souls divided into two lands and separated by the South China Sea. West Malaysia occupies the peninsula below Thailand. It has many large cities. The capital city of Kuala Lumpur alone has 8 million souls. Georgetown has 2.5 million. Johor Bahru and its Bay Area, 1.5 million. These cities are fast moving, fast growing, and in great need of revival. 800 miles across the South China Sea is East Malaysia. It is a larger land area, but less populated and less developed. Towns and fishing villages dot the coastline of East Malaysia. Tribes live in the rainforests. There are 26,000 villages spread out across Malaysia, and many of them have never heard the gospel. It's a nation of cities, it's a nation of villages, and it's a nation of peoples. Malay, Chinese, Indian. Among these ethnic groups, several religions are represented. Islam is the largest. Over 61% of the total population are Muslim. Proselytizing a Muslim is prohibited, and the penalty for conversion is severe. And yet many Malaysian Muslims have come to Jesus. You are seeing footage of a worship service in Malaysia. The identities of these Muslim saints must be protected because every time they gather to worship, they risk exposure and possibly persecution. They have been baptized in the name of Jesus and have received the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. The church is also growing among the Chinese population in Malaysia. 20% of the population is Buddhist. God is helping us reach many who are lost in that religion. With great faith, we accept the challenge of Malaysia. The cities of Malaysia need to hear the gospel. The towns and villages of Malaysia need to hear the gospel. The people of Malaysia need to hear the gospel. Your partners in mission support, we will see revival in Malaysia. Every city, every village, every people. So we go with great faith, and we know that the Lord is going to be with us, and we know that if we will be diligent in intercessory prayer, pull down strongholds, principalities, uh, do the work of the kingdom, we know that we're going to see great revival in the nation of Malaysia. Amen. Amen. Jesus said that the gospel is going to be preached as a witness to all nations. And he said, then the end will come. Amen. So he's going to have his church. It's going to be a church of all nations. We're just privileged 
to be a part of what God is doing in the last days. Can the church say amen? amen? Praise God. Praise God. There's much more that we'd like to say about Malaysia, but uh, I must hurry on to the word. So uh, what we will do is make ourselves available uh, in the lobby outside after service. Uh, we would like for everyone to please pick up a, a bookmark, and then we have other information about the Pacific region, uh, and we have some things for sale uh, that will help us uh, in our travels. Um, my, my wife has a few things. My daughter may or may not have some candles, depending on what is in stock. She is a candle maker, so I don't know if she has some or not. But, uh, and then uh, we have uh, my first book entitled The Way Back. Uh, I encourage you to pick up a copy. This is a book written to help backsliders come back to the faith. And uh, this is something the Lord laid on my heart. Uh, a couple years ago, I began writing it. Uh, when I began writing it, I asked my mother. She's a very talented writer. And I, she was backslidden at the time. And I said, Mom, would you help me edit this book? <laughs> well, what is she going to say? She agreed to help me with the editing. And, and we did go back and forth. I, it took me a month or so to write each chapter, and I would send it off to her. At the end of the writing process, as we're about to go to press, uh, my mother went back to church. God restored her her first Sunday back, refilled her with the Holy Ghost, and she is and she had been out for 18 years, and she is like a new convert. Uh, she's already won uh, one or maybe two of her neighbors that baptized one of her neighbors in Jesus' name a few weeks ago, and now she's got some of her other neighbors coming to church. So. Brothers and sisters, don't ever give up. Don't ever give up and don't ever stop praying for that lost loved one, that lost family member. Can the church say amen? amen. Praise God. Praise God. I'm reading from Second Chronicles, the 34th chapter, verses 1 through 3. We'll also look at verses 26 through 28. And if you'll keep your thumb in Second Kings, we'll look at Second Kings 23 as well. But 2 Chronicles 34, verse 1, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned in Jerusalem one thirty years. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. What follows in the, in, in the verses uh, in this chapter is the story of how he went about purging Judah of idolatry, restoring the temple. And in the process of restoring the temple, he found the scroll. He found the law of the Lord. When he read it or had it read, he rent his clothes because he understood that the nation had been sinful, was going to be judged, but the particulars of that judgment, he had no idea. So he sought an oracle and the prophetess Huldah responded when Josiah asked, what is to become of Judah 
we pick it up in verse 26. This is what she says in part. And as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, so shall ye say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, concerning the words which thou hast heard. Because thine heart was tender, and thou didst humble thyself before God, when thou heardest his words against this place, and against the inhabitants thereof, and humblest thyself before me, and didst rend thy clothes, and weep before me. I have even heard thee also, saith the Lord. Behold, I will gather thee to thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered to thy grave in peace. Neither shall thine eyes see all the evil that I will bring upon this place and upon the inhabitants of the same. So they brought the king word again. Now if you look at Second Kings 23, 25, just one verse of scripture. It says, neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his strength in accordance with all the law of Moses. Amen. There was no one like him. I want to preach to you for a few moments this evening on this subject, the last revival in Judah. The last revival in Judah. Why don't we lift our hands right now and ask the Lord's blessing upon his word and upon the remainder of this service. Heavenly Father, we love you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for this precious body of believers. Father, we have gathered in your name. And we gather with expectation, Lord, that you will speak to us. Thank you, Lord, for the ministry. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to us through your spirit, through the worship. Now I pray, Lord, that you administer to us through your word. Let it be rich in our hearts. Let everyone receive it with gladness. Let everyone step forward and receive it in faith, I pray, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, draw us all closer to you, we pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't we clap our hands to the Lord one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Josiah ascended to the throne of Judah in 640 B.C. His father Ammon... And his grandfather Manasseh had been very wicked and idolatrous in their lives. Manasseh had repented later in life, but the damage was done. His son Ammon, when he took the throne, was fully committed to idolatry. But as it happened, Ammon was assassinated after reigning for only two years there on the throne. And so in that same year, 640 B.C., Josiah was installed as king at the young age of eight years old. And I'm sure, no doubt, all of the people there in Judah expected this little boy of a king to just continue on as his father and as his grandfather had done 
After all, Josiah was surrounded by his wicked father's royal advisors. And so they thought, well, there's, he doesn't really stand a chance. He's going to continue in this path of wickedness. Amen. But Josiah surprised everybody. Hallelujah. Praise God. He began to pray to God. And the scripture says in our text that in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father David. Hallelujah. And God answered his prayers. And God gave Josiah strength and wisdom at a very young age. And he was able to rule successfully for 31 years. Praise God. The Bible says that he tore down the pagan altars and the temples. He got rid of all of the bells spread out all over Jerusalem and in the countryside. He got rid of all of the high places of worship. He completely purged the land of idolatry. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Let me just pause for a moment here this evening and say this. It doesn't matter if you are a king sitting on a throne or if you are just a worker in a factory. If you will call on the name of the Lord... Praise God. If you will call on him, he will be your ever-present help in time of trouble. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you will seek him with all of your heart, amen, he's not going to pass you by. Amen, amen. The scripture says, he that cometh to God must believe that he is. That's really the easy part when you think about it. Even the devils believe that he is. Hallelujah. They believe and they tremble. But the scripture goes on. You've got to do something else. You first have to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hallelujah. You've got to believe that if you will seek him with all of your heart, he's not going to ignore you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. It really doesn't matter what your history is. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what your family history is. Amen. Your father might have been a wicked man. Your father might have been an immoral man. Your grandfather, your whole family might have been under a a curse, a generational curse, if you will. But you can do something tonight that will break that generational curse. Hallelujah. If you'll just have a little bit of faith to believe that if you will seek him with all of your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Josiah, he had just a little bit of wisdom. Amen. But that wisdom paid off. He had just a little bit of faith, but that faith paid 
off. Amen. He had just a little bit of humility at a very young age, but it paid off because he made up his mind that it doesn't matter what my daddy did. Can't do nothing about that anyways. It doesn't matter what my grandfather did. Amen. It doesn't matter what the whole line of kings have done. As for me... Hallelujah. And as for my house, and as for this kingdom, amen, and as for this generation, as long as I am on the throne, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The most important thing that he did during his reign was he restored the temple of the Lord. For the first time since his great-grandfather Hezekiah had sat on the throne. And that restoration of the temple, it meant something. It was a visible manifestation of the revival that was taking place all throughout the land of Judah. Amen. And more than that, as they were restoring the temple, they rediscovered the law of Moses. Amen. I said they rediscovered it. It it blows my mind that they lost it. Hallelujah. I can't really understand why, because they they really had one job as a nation, and that was to keep the law. Hallelujah. And they were terrible at it. They couldn't even keep it on the shelf in the right place. And at some point, a few decades back, they simply lost the law. But while they were restoring the temple, hallelujah, God restored his word, hallelujah. And that rediscovery of the law, it also meant something. It was a sign of the blessing of God, hallelujah. It was a sign that God was renewing his word, that God was renewing his covenant with his people. Amen. As they renewed their consecration, God renewed his word. Amen. If you will restore the temple, God will restore his word. Hallelujah. We are his temple. Hallelujah. We are his temple. I'm not talking about a building over in Jerusalem. Our body is the dwelling place of God. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Hallelujah. If you will restore righteousness in your life, God will restore His Word. Hallelujah. If you will renew your consecration, amen, God will renew His Word. God will renew His blessings. God God will renew His promises in your life. Amen. Every time we talk about restoration, every time we talk about renewal, I'll just speak for myself because every time I preach about it, the view from up here sometimes. Hallelujah. I'm preaching about restoration. I'm preaching about God doing something wonderful in your life. And I look and I see. I know there's people here, even while I'm preaching, they're probably thinking, that sounds wonderful. I wonder who he's talking about. Hallelujah. 
because maybe you've, you've believed a lie for too long. Maybe you've let the devil beat up on you for far too long. Amen. Maybe you have lied to yourself for far too long. I am telling you this evening, if you will renew your consecration, God will renew His Word. Restore the temple and God will restore His Word. Amen. Amen. You look at the history of Judah. Look at the history of their kings and you find the meaning of the sermon title. Josiah did not know it, but he was the last one to have revival in Judah. He led that nation in the last revival that they would ever experience. Amen. He could not have known that he was the last one, the last great king before Babylon came and destroyed Jerusalem. Amen. So one man changed the outcome of thousands. Hallelujah. One man changed the outcome for so many in that last generation of Judah. One final generation was allowed to live in peace and security. One last generation was allowed to worship God, to reclaim a faithfulness that had been lost a long time ago. Amen. When you stop and think about the impact that one man had simply because he decided, I'm going to be faithful. Hallelujah. He decided that he was going to be faithful when it was not popular to be faithful. Amen. He decided that he was going to be faithful when it looked like he was driving the wrong way down a one way. Everybody else running after the bells. He could look out over the walls of Jerusalem at night and see people gathered around idols and see people sacrificing to other gods and see people up on the hills in the high places. It was not easy. Amen. He was very alone for a time. Hallelujah. There was a time when people said, oh, give him a week or two. Uh, he'll, he'll calm down. Amen. Uh, this, this, little, this little punk kid, once we get the advisors around him and get, talk some sense into him, uh, he'll come back around. He'll, he'll be a little bit more uh, moderate. Hallelujah. But then Josiah just kept on going. Amen. He kept on staying faithful. I know we sometimes think when we read these stories, well, he was a king. It was easy for him. After all, he was not easy for Josiah. It wasn't easy for any of the kings. Amen. If it was easy for the kings, then all of the kings would have been faithful because they had, they, they had all kinds of pleasures right there at their fingertips. They had a lot of power. They could have done whatever they wanted to do. And so many of them went the wrong way but there was Josiah hallelujah he made up his mind I'm going to be faithful I don't care what anybody else does and he single handedly turned the tide of that nation amen and so the Lord spoke to Josiah through the prophetess and said behold I will gather thee to thy father's and to thy grave will you be gathered in peace. Neither shall thine eyes see all the evil that I will bring upon this place. The Lord said, Josiah, you have read the law correctly. There is judgment coming. 
it's just around the corner. But because of your faithfulness, you're not going to see any of it. Amen. That was good news for King Josiah. But it was even better news for an entire generation that was allowed to live under his reign. Amen. Praise God. Amen. For an entire generation that was able to go to their grave in peace. That didn't see war. That didn't see famine. That didn't see bloodshed. All because he decided that he was going to be faithful. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, the hour is late. I said the hour is late. Judgment is coming. Amen. I have believed that we are living in the rapture generation ever since I was eight years old. I got the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name when I was eight. I have believed it since then. I believe it today. I believe that the rapture is going to take place. I believe that the coming of the Lord is very soon. Amen. Praise God. And sometimes when we look at all of the wickedness around us, when we look at this sinful generation, when we look at everything, everything that's going on, where it just seems like it's in a tailspin. The whole, the whole world is in a tailspin headed towards destruction. It's very easy to throw up our hands and say, what's the use? Judgment is just around the corner. I agree with you that judgment is just around the corner, but it's not here yet. Hallelujah. Praise God. And if it hasn't come yet, then that means that what we do matters. Praise God. Hallelujah. It means that we have to square our shoulders in the face of this evil generation. We've got to do everything that we can in the kingdom of God. Praise God. We've got to quicken the pace. Hallelujah. We've got to stand against all of the evil of this generation, against this society, and have revival before Jesus comes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Josiah just had one thing figured out at the age of eight. And that was, it matters what I do right now. God gave him just a little bit of wisdom to understand that it matters. Now, he did not know. Sometimes we think that they just peeked over on the next page of the Bible to see how the story played out. He was too busy on the page that he was on. He was too busy acting it all out. He was too busy being the Bible at that point to know how it was all going to play out, to understand the impact that he would have. Amen. So he did not know. He had no idea that the things that he was doing, the revival that he was sparking when he was just a lonely boy praying in his prayer closet, he had no idea that that was going to spark revival. Amen. But he made up his mind, it matters what I do right now. Amen. Brothers and sisters, it matters what we do right now. Hallelujah. Amen. It matters that we have revival before Jesus comes. Hallelujah. 
I said it matters that we have revival before Jesus comes. And I don't believe that the revival is, is fizzling out in the world. That's not what the Bible says. Praise God. That's not the promise that we have. The scripture says, of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. In other words, of the, now if he had said, of his government, there shall be no end, that would be true too. But he didn't say that. He said, of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. Amen. That means that we're going to have revival until Jesus comes. And it matters what we do. Hallelujah. 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 It mattered for all of you who are here tonight. Amen. Some of you, you've probably been here a long time. You may have been in Pentecost 20, 30, 40 years. Amen. But it mattered for you once that when you came into the house of God, when you came to Jesus, when you found an altar, it mattered. That there was a church that preached the truth. Hallelujah. It mattered that there was a Pentecostal, on fire, apostolic church where you could find deliverance. Where you could find an altar of repentance. It mattered for you. Some time ago, and it still matters. We haven't baptized the last person in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We haven't seen the last person filled with the Holy Ghost. It matters for people who are still lost, amen, who still want to escape the coming destruction and the coming judgment. It matters that we do all that we can before Jesus comes. Why don't we clap our hands to the Lord? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Josiah brought about a revival. And it continued for 31 years. He did not have it all together. He grew into maturity. He grew into greater understanding. He grew into greater faithfulness. But it started when he was eight years old. I love the example of Josiah because it tells me, it tells you that you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have it all figured out before God will use you. Amen. Young people, you don't have to have every theological riddle solved. Nobody's got every theological riddle solved. You don't have to have an answer to every question before God can use you to win a soul. Hallelujah. You don't have, that's why we have the example of an eight-year-old boy. Amen. He, he was not like Uzziah. Uzziah ruled for over about 50 years and he was a brilliant administrator and did so many things right. You don't have to have some great administrative ability and thank God for all of that. He, he wasn't like King David who was a military genius and was able to conquer all of the nations around Judah. You don't have to be that kind of military genius. Josiah proved it. You don't have to be like Hezekiah, another great administrator. You don't have to be like Solomon, who had wisdom for a long time until he didn't. Amen. You can just be an eight-year-old boy. You can be young. Amen. When are we going to learn that God is not looking for ability so much as he is looking for availability? 
Amen. He's not looking for ability so much as he is looking for humility. Amen. He's not looking for all of your credentials so much as he is looking for someone who will just come with a humble heart and say, it matters how I live my life before God. He had no idea the impact that he would make. You don't know the impact that you will have in your community, at your school, at your workplace. You have no idea. But if you will just make up your mind that it matters. Hallelujah. I'm not just another saint sitting in a pew. Amen. I didn't just wander into this thing by accident. God has called me out of darkness into marvelous light. But wait a minute. Peter said before that, that you should show forth the praises. Amen. That you would show forth. In other words, that you would be a witness. That you would be a shining light of someone who has called you out of darkness into marvelous light. I'm telling you, it matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. It matters that we have revival. It matters how you live. Amen. It matters that you make a consecration at a very young age. It matters that you keep your consecration throughout your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Josiah did not stop the judgment that came upon Judah. After Josiah died, the Babylonian army came. 23 short years later and leveled Jerusalem. Totally destroyed the temple. Everything that the prophet Jeremiah said was going to happen, it it happened. He didn't stop the judgment but Josiah did two very important things first of all he delayed it Josiah's faithfulness gave everyone in his generation a space of time an opportunity for them to think about their own soul, their own lives, an opportunity for everyone to give themselves fully to God. And many were saved because Josiah delayed the judgment that was coming. Simply because, at about this tall, he stood up. And there's something about a man who will stand up and say, this is who I am. There's something about a young woman who will take a stand. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And that stand that he took sparked a revival all over the nation. Amen. The second thing that he did, he didn't stop the judgment, but he escaped the judgment. There may be some people here this evening 
that need to escape the coming judgment. The prophet is Huldah. She said to the priest Hilkiah, you go tell Josiah what the Lord says about you. I noticed your faithfulness. Because you humbled yourself, you will be kept from the coming judgment. Shall we stand? There is a parallel to Josiah in the New Testament. It is the church of Philadelphia. It's one of the seven types of churches that Jesus addresses in Revelation. It's a church that proves that men can rise above the sins of their generation. It's a church that proves that not everybody has to go the way of compromise. Not every church has to seek some kind of identification or coziness with the world. It's a church that proves that you can, you can stay faithful. And Jesus said to the church of Philadelphia, because you have been faithful, since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. Amen. Brothers and sisters, there's not any amount of revival that's going to stop the judgment coming to this earth. Everything that's written in Revelation, everything that's written in Daniel, it's going to happen. Amen. And it does seem like we're getting so close. It does seem like we're entering the, the, the beginning of sorrows, if you will. We're getting so close. And you might say, well, well if, if we're that close, what, what's the difference? Ask Josiah what the difference is. Ask anyone in his generation what the difference is. It made a difference for him. It made a difference for his people. In everyone who joined him in faithfulness. Amen. Heavenly Father, we love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you tonight, Lord Jesus. I wonder if there's anyone here who'd like to come to the altar. Lord Jesus, we need you. Lord Jesus, we need your Holy Spirit. If you want to make a fresh commitment, hallelujah. If you want to make a firm consecration, come on, believe the word of God. Believe the word of God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Why don't we for a few moments seek him? Hallelujah. Why don't we call on his name? Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Come on. Let the Holy Ghost, let the Holy Ghost move on you right now. Let the Holy Ghost refresh you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, would you fall on us afresh? Touch our hearts, our minds, touch our spirits right now in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus, you
the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for godly men and women that have stood for righteousness throughout all the years, given us such a great foundation? I think sometimes about, as uh, Brother Vestal was preaching about Josiah, and I was thinking about how that, you know, during this COVID season, how uh, many churches have just sort of gone out of business, and yet it seems like people that are committed to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ have thrived, and there is a, a, just a, an enthusiasm that uh, is accompanying this, this truth and this gospel in these last days. And surely the coming of the Lord is soon. But oh, the Bible says to work while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. And folks, this is our day. It's the day of revival. People are hungry for truth. They're hungry for what Josiah had at such a young age, to stand for truth and stand for righteousness. God bless you. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Make sure you greet our missionaries and uh, their family. Make them feel welcome. Let them know we're going to be holding them up in prayer. And uh, believing that God will bring great revival to the country of Malaysia. Amen. Greet your brother and sister in the Holy Ghost. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow if you can come for the celebration of life service for Sister Lizette Graber. God bless you. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed.